full council meeting using this sort of system, Zoom or whatever other competing systems there are. So if it's a success, then we should all congratulate ourselves uh, very substantially. Uh, and whether or not it's a success depends very much on us, really. It depends on uh, how well we manage the technology and the extent to which we can cope with being um, parsimonious with the contributions we make. So the system is that the uh, microphones, your microphones, will be off and muted most of the time, obviously not when you're speaking. Um, the people who can switch them on, well, certainly Ben can switch us on. Uh, I think I might be able to or not. Well, what's the situation there, Ben? Thank you, Chair. No, it, it is just me, but I will move with your instruction. <laughs> right. Okay. So, uh, essentially, as I say, we're breaking new ground. Uh, the merit of this uh, is that if it works, and if it works to our satisfaction, then it's a tool, it's a means of doing lesser meetings, workshops and uh, working parties, without having to get everybody into the same room. And I think that has a definite asset, because very often getting everybody into one room is just too hard. And so what happens is the meetings don't happen, or they run off into the distance and they're months away. So let's try and make a success of this. Um, we, as rural area, so it's quite appropriate for us to use some sort of distance system. So I'll go into the formal welcome, uh, which is to welcome councillors uh, and as well as those people listening to a broadcast. Is there actually any broadcast for this, Ben? There certainly is, Chair. I would just like to confirm uh, with Adrian Webb that the broadcast is working before we proceed any further. Is that okay, Chair? Mm, of course. Go on. Yes. I'm not getting anything at the moment, Ben. I'm just checking on the second system. I had it there, but it doesn't appear to be there at the moment. Just give me a couple of seconds. Adrian and Ben, excuse me, Chair. Adrian and Ben, I've got the broadcast up on my iPad, so I can I can hear the broadcast on my iPad as an outside person. That sounds good enough to me. Yeah, that's okay. That's interesting because I can't see it on my iPad or on my computer. So I think we'll go with it on the basis that Dawn can see it and hear it. I'll keep mo sorry, Chair, I'll keep monitoring it and I'll let you know if I, I get a break in it. 
Okay, fine. Uh, so the, the, the system is, is, it's the same basically as the council chamber. The idea is to get just one person speaking at the time. Uh, and of course we're using, we use microphones in the council chamber. But uh, uh, it's even more noticeable here if everybody speaks at once. Uh, and so the only way to achieve that is to have the microphones off most of the time and to switch them on when somebody's speaking. Uh, I've done a number of Zoom meetings uh, for now in the last couple of weeks, and they, they can work quite well, but I've never attempted one with 46 participants, which is the number showing at the bottom of our screen. So uh, uh, let's do our very best and see how we get on. Uh, to raise a hand, as you probably know, if you click on participants, you get a, a list, a white list. Uh, uh, there's more people on it than fits on the screen. Uh, but if you uh, click raise a hand, which is on the bottom right, then you, your name will get a little blue hand against it. And it stays there until you've actually spoken. Uh, now, as I say, it's basically a formal meeting. It has the same legal weight as uh, one of our normal council meetings. What I'm very anxious to achieve uh, is to make sure that we have the same degree of democratic inputs as we would have to a real meeting uh, or to a non-virtual meeting. Uh, democratic deficiencies are very easy to achieve and I'm forever trying to avoid these and I'm sure you are as well. So if we can't get the result that we're after, we'll have to work out a way of dealing with it outside of this meeting and maybe have another meeting. Now, the other fact is that apparently um, video type meetings are more stressful, more demanding than real ones, which is quite interesting. Uh, and the health and safety recommendations, and I've checked these with the legal counsel, is that you don't spend more than 50, five, zero minutes in front of a screen at a single session. That would take us up to about half past eight. Um, I may well, depending on how we get on, call uh, a five-minute break at that point, which is never a bad thing, and get up and walk around. But I am going to try and stick to pretty much a two-hour time frame, because experience shows that if you spend more than two hours on a meeting, we don't really get a better meeting out of it. We just spend longer on the meeting. Now, when it comes to votes, obviously we can't, we can do it by doing things like that. Uh, it's quite difficult and challenging. So if uh, there is uh, no dissent, we don't need a vote. Standing orders doesn't require one. Um, if there is dissent, though, we'll have to have a vote, and that will be in the form of a roll call. So it's the same as um, when um, Simon Pugh uh, does a recorded vote in the council chamber. Uh, we've never tried to do one of those uh, on Zoom, but as a first time for everything, so I'm sure we'll manage. So I'm going to move on. Um, uh, are, are there any questions? Questions for silence is always excellent. So we'll move on to. Let me just see. Right. Okay. My, so, my public chair. I, sorry to interrupt. I don't have a blue hand to raise. I have to interrupt as host. And um, would it be worth going through a roll call? as per registration, um, for reasons of registration, so members of the public know who are present. Excellent idea, okay. How do you vote with a blue hand?
Then how do, how do you want to... Apologies, Chair. Just, just, for, just for the purposes of registration rather than uh, for, for voting, but if we do a roll call for registration purposes now, and if a vote is called later, which is disputed, we will have a voting by roll call. I can see that Councillor Day has just raised his hand. Chair. Yeah, OK, let him in, please. Councillor Day, please proceed. Yeah, that wasn't me. In fact, showing the roll call. Oh, all right, well, let's uh, try and do this in good order. Uh, uh, ben, do you want a blue hand by way of the roll call? No, I think for, for, for the purposes of those listening to the broadcast, we should make um, essentially just do a roll call via audio. So if Alistair Bockle is quite happy to, to do so. Excuse me, Chair. The, uh, I'm getting a message now that the meeting has been temporarily, the recording broadcast has been temporarily suspended. I was just caught, trying to get hold of Adrian, but Adrian's on the phone. So for the moment, the message is saying it's been temporarily suspended. Yeah, it's, it's, someone's pressed the mute button, Ben, I think, um, on the device. And your backup device isn't working either. I'm getting a message. The uh, Janice Lochlin, can you speak? Can you let Janice in, please? Can you let Councillor... Lachlan in, please. Janice, Apparently not. Janice, you're unmuted. Can you hear me? Yes. Sorry, I'm. I just can't get anything at all. I've lost you three times, and it's been connected. But the sound is so appalling. I just can't understand anything. Any. Can I suggest? Uh, I thought perhaps if I go into another, you've gone. Right. Can you just switch Janice off for the moment, Ben? I may. I am still getting the broadcast. Okay. Uh, can I suggest? Sorry, that, I didn't. Can I, can I suggest that we use Janice? Ask Janice to take part on a telephone. Presumably, she has a telephone. Of course, Chair Janice. If you don't mind, call, mind calling Chris Gibson, uh, the number that we sent to you earlier. He will arrange for you to dial in via telephone. Chair, may I suggest uh, that we just wait a few moments to let Ben and Adrian uh, discover why the uh, recording has been temporarily suspended. So if we just give Ben and Adrian a moment. Uh, the main, the main one is now playing, Chair, so that you are live and broadcasting. What are we going to do with Janice? She will uh, call Chris Gibson, who will arrange for her to dial in. I mean, unfortunately, I suggest that we adjourn just for five minutes to allow that to happen, unless you feel that it's worth proceeding without her, Chair. But okay, uh, five, five minute, five minutes recess or whatever you want to call it, uh, back at quarter to quarter to eight, if that's okay. Thank you. Sorry, what am I going to do? I... Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily absence. Do we have any apologies for absence? Usually you need an officer to respond to that. We do not, Chair. Okay, thank you. Uh, now, minutes of the meeting, two meetings, the 25th of February and the 10th of March. Uh, is it members' wishes that when I get to a paper copy of this thing, uh, of these minutes, uh, that, that I sign them as a, a true and accurate record? Uh, I think that needs, if, if we're all in favour of that, we don't need a vote. So can I suggest you do that if you're in favour? I can't see all the screens. Councillor uh, Gerard, sorry, Chair. Councillor Gerard would like to speak on that one. Okay, please, Councillor Gerard. Yes, I. Thanks, Chair. I did mention to Mr. Ferguson that there was um, on the first minutes there was a slight amendment on C sixty four, page seven. It was uh, a, a small matter regarding the Felsen neighbourhood plan. I did mention that I said that Newport had a neighbourhood plan, and actually I said Newport had an emerging neighbourhood plan. It's a small point, but important. I did tell Ben. Uh, I saw that. I saw that amendment. Uh, subject to that being incorporated, are you happy with that set of minutes? Absolutely, yes. Uh, ben, can you make sure that, that is incorporated when <laughs> sometime in the future I get to sign them? Uh, and the second set of minutes, which was for the, uh, uh, let's see now what date, 10th of March. Is that satisfactory, colleagues? We'll, we'll do an Indian how. Yes. Any, any, any against? Chairman, could I just say, as there is a facility on Zoom to vote, hmm. I'll be given the option. Uh, if you talk to it, Ben, I seem to remember that there's some challenge about using the Zoom voting system? I mean, don't get me wrong, I've got no problems with the minutes. Mm. I'm just saying that, you know, having yeah. been through... A, a let, let, ben, let, ben, let Ben answer the question, please. Thank you, Chair, and thank you, Councillor Barker. Indeed, there is a polling option um, included in Zoom. However, it isn't watertight. It would be perfectly acceptable to use it um, for something like minutes. However, if there is no dispute, um, I suggest, um, and no dissent... I suggest that we can, can use that as a valid way to, to approve the minutes. However, if, if there's a vote that is needed, we should do it via roll call. OK. Perhaps we can move on. Uh, chairman's announcements, item three. Uh, I think I've covered those uh, when we got started. Obviously, um, basically, that there is zero activity on the part of the chair other than taking part in Zoom meetings. Oh, I'm dealing with lots of emails, of course, and I'm sure it applies to all of us. Uh, so I can now move on, perhaps, to um, 
the report of the leader of council. Are you there, John? I haven't seen you yet. I am here. Excellent. Yes, I've got you now. Well done. Are you able to give us a report as leader of the council, please? I will indeed. I'm doing a temporary unmute. Perhaps uh, could unmute me more permanently. Yeah. Please unmute the leader. Ben, please unmute the leader. I am yeah, that's done now. That's done. Thank you. Thank you. I've got for um, some people may be interested that if you're just coming in for a, a pretty temporary unmute, pressing and holding the space bar does that for you. So if, if you're making uh, an intervention, obviously with the uh, ascent of the chair, you can do it that way. Um, I, uh, I think, like many others, I have been doing a lot of Zoom meetings in the, in the past uh, few weeks. So, um, with your indulgence, Mr. Chair, I will make a fairly lengthy report. Um, apologies to a degree, but I think that it's important that um, members uh, get an update on uh, what is going on. Um, I think it was a, a Chinese philosopher who said, may you live in interesting times. I think. Uh, ironically, uh, for the nationality of that person, we are living in uh, interesting times and obviously not ones that we would have wished. Firstly, uh, on, on our community here, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to see that um, uh, Councillor Coote is, is, uh, is with us. I know uh, he and his wife have been through some terrible times, so that is very pleasing. I'm also aware that a few officers and their families have suffered from the virus. So our sympathies uh, and best wishes go out to, uh, to those members. But particularly, I want to say to uh, Councillor Sells, Geoffrey, I understand you have lost your sister-in-law to the virus. And so uh, our, our condolences for that and to you and to your family. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Moving on then, I think uh, a lot of people have spoken about uh, what the NHS is doing and have been, a lot of people have been impressed, uh, expressing their appreciation on a Thursday night. So I won't, uh, I won't add to that. I think we're all aware of it. Um, however, I will talk about what's been going on in the council. I think in ordinary times, members may not be aware of um, all of the work that's going on uh, at UDC by its members. We all have our specialist areas. It may be housing, it may be planning, it may be licensing, and we look at that in some depth. But I think we rarely take the, uh, the full view. Um, and uh, it has come to me rather more in the last uh, few weeks uh, of uh, what the officers have been doing. I've been taking daily briefings uh, with, the, uh, with senior officers and, and uh, being uh, filled in on what is going on um, and, and I wanted you to be aware to a greater degree of that work that is going on and just to say the effort from the offices of these councils through these difficult times have been amazing it's it, it's difficult for anybody to to get the whole of that picture uh, but take it from me from the amount that I've seen we should all be tremendously uh, grateful for them. And so I'm going to take you through some of the, uh, the things that have been happening in these difficult times. Firstly, on, on benefits, um, 
The benefits team is providing the most vulnerable residents with an efficient and effective service through the crisis. Every member of the team is working remotely with many working overtime to ensure that the financial support is provided to those who need it most in a timely and accurate manner. It has been an exceptional effort. New claims to the local council tax support have seen the biggest increase in demand. Uh, 181 claims were made in March. This is an increase of 99% compared to the average year to date. We, we can say that's actually doubled. Uh, that's from the 1st to the 20th of April. Uh, and a further 196 claims have already been received. That's a 62% increase in the month. So um, we're looking at 290-odd claims forecast. Despite this substantial increase in workload, the team's continuing to process applications and changes in circumstances and keeping within targets. With regard to housing and the homeless, the housing options team is providing the service by phone and email and continues to offer housing advice, homelessness assessments and carry out homeless prevention measures. They've maintained a duty service over the telephone that's been 24-7. That includes a number of out-of-hours calls. They're currently managing 54 homeless applications and maintaining our priority of providing applicants with accommodation whilst minimising the use of B&B. Currently, there are 16 homeless households in temporary accommodation and two currently in B&Bs. With regard to rough sleepers, the council is following government guidance to accommodate anyone who is at risk from rough sleeping. We're still able to secure B&B accommodation, interesting, if we need it, and we've been able to maintain a small supply of our own temporary uh, accommodation. We've also secured accommodation which can be used for people at risk of rough sleeping if, uh, if they have any COVID symptoms. The team's working closely with citizens' advice, social care, amongst others, to support our homeless applicants. We've temporarily suspended the allocation of social housing as people are unable to move at this time. Registered providers have also, st also stopped sending through their properties for advertising. We can understand this. We can uh, direct let to properties if there are any urgent requirements to do so. And so we're concentrating on void works where there's a limited supply of materials to where it's most required, for example, to help free up temporary accommodation and then to get temporary accommodation for re-letting. Uh, the housing management team has phoned as many uh, of our 70 plus tenants, sorry, phoned many of them, and those with a disability check on their welfare and whether a lack of family or other support meant they required assistance with food, shopping, uh, collection of prescriptions, or just feeling socially isolated and requires someone to talk to. A total of 958 welfare checks calls have been made so far. And in addition, calls have been made to tenants who are newly on universal credit, universal credit, obviously important, to check on their welfare and see if they require any further advice. Especially some of those are, in fact, first-time claimants of universal credit. The team's also uh, calling those tenants in rent arrears to check whether their welfare, well, and, and see if they require any, any welfare benefits, advice on debt counselling, or even whether they require a food parcel via the food bank. Whilst the team can't be working face-to-face -face with tenants at this time, they are ensuring tenants have support. They're finding the vast majority of people have been very appreciative of the call, I think, as we can uh, understand. Um, 
The Uttlesford Community Response Hub, launched with voluntary partners, which is the CVSU and Volunteer Uttlesford, only a few weeks ago now, forget how little time it is, it's taken over 850 calls, responded to 825 emails and registered more than 200 volunteers. Uh, and they continue to link with those who need support. The hub has been able to help over 250 people with their shopping, almost 500 people with collecting prescriptions, and over 300 people uh, by offering a befriending service. Alongside this, the team's supporting some very vulnerable people with their food boxes and any others uh, who need help as part of the nationwide Operation, Operation Shield. This has been led locally by Essex, you'll probably be aware. Uh, the team continues to link in with partners such as the West Essex Clinical Commissioning Group and Doctor's Surgeries to ensure no one is missed. Working with our partners, we've been able to set up a bulk prescription delivery service that has provided beneficial for residents, volunteers and local pharmacists. Through the CBSU, we've been looking forward to be able to offer to our elderly and vulnerable residents care homes and sheltered schemes the chance to connect with their friends and families through a Facebook portal service. The Response Hub continues to link with many local partners who are also offering support and help to residents on a daily basis, e.g. through Citizens Advice, uh, Food Bank, West End Mine. Throughout the crisis, the voluntary and community sector process have proved pivotal in our ability to be there for those most in need. We know there is more great work happening in our district. It's something we are supportive of. We could encourage any group offering support in the community to make contact with the hub. Uh, hub, hub. You will all have seen the contact deals, so it's not appropriate to go through them now. Um, sheltered housing and lifeline. The team is calling on all sheltered tenants at least once a week, more frequently for those who would normally receive a daily visit and making sure all of the sheltered residents are accounted for, making sure they have everything they require. Half of the team is still able to be mobile and are responding to emergency calls, doing shopping, prescriptions, and so on. Sheltered residents who have no one else to help them. They also continue to carry out health and safety checks at each site to ensure five fire safety systems and warden call systems are working correctly. The team has called around 730 Lifeline users twice now to check on their welfare and letters have been sent to everyone informing them of potential bogus callers that this has appeared as an issue. We're probably not surprised people always take advantage of such situations. And they're responding to any Lifeline equipment failure call-outs and they're installing Lifelines if these are in emergency circumstances. On the subject of business grants, you have probably seen this in the press. Local businesses are, as we know, the backbone of our community. It's important we do all we can to help and support them through the crisis. The revenues team has been working incredibly hard to ensure that the money from the government reaches those in need as quickly as possible. I'm, I'm impressed by this. I will tell you that as of the 21st of April, we have handed out £13 million in cash grants to almost 1,100 local businesses. Um, I understand though, that this is not firm. That is one of the best performances of uh, local councils. Uh, one thing you'll probably be more aware of, members, is waste collection. The crews and the waste management team continue to do a tremendous job under really challenging circumstances. 
Despite an induction, uh, there was an, uh, an initial reduction in staffing level, there was some uh, self-isolation, uh, but uh, the waste bin collections have, con have continued largely as normal. And some of you will also notice that this week, the garden waste bin collection and the bulky waste collection were reinstated. So we, we, we're doing better than many councils on that. Um, and this is thanks to a, a, a number of things, but such as staff returning after a period of self-isolation. And I'm particularly impressed that eight members of staff from different departments have volunteered and are working with the crews. Uh, and so it's been an incredible team effort. I'd like to thank the residents for their patient understanding at this difficult time. Um, the crews, however, have been clapped, cheered and waved on their rounds and seen some lovely notes and pictures left on bins. We've also seen a huge number of messages of support in social media and this show of support's been overwhelming. It's not gone unnoticed and I know it's greatly appreciated by the teams. Um, customer services closed their doors to the general public during the, week of, uh, during the week of the 23rd of March. The council has seen a marked increase in the other ways customers can, can, can contact us. Emails are up by about 25%, a number of payments made both online and by the automated system up by 30%. However, call, call levels have remained at normal levels where we believe those would normally visit our Saffron Mall and Dunmore's access sites, and now picking up the phone is the preferred alternative method of contact. This may be a change in behaviour when we uh, uh, go forward. The restructure of the telephone message services further enhanced our customer experience by offering clear options uh, for query resolution. The service is being provided by at least 70% of customer staff based at home on any one day. Many customers have been surprised that the level of service has not been affected by the move to remote working. This has been down to the efforts of IT to get everyone up and running, but particularly to the advisors and the management team who have adopted to the revised working processes and environment absolutely seamlessly, it's been incredible. Around two thirds of the staff are working from home and have been adjusting to uh, a way of working. This has seen a huge, been a huge undertaking, particular thanks to the IT team who have had a, a tremendous amount of work and worked tirelessly to get things going. We see an example tonight, we have this technology seems to be working um, pretty well at the moment. Some of the staff can't work from the office, but they're still on the front line, such as refuse crews, but we're following and sticking to the government advice around social distance uh, and so on to, to, to ensure safety. Again, really thanks from me and the administration, and I'm sure from all members, for the hard work and uh, dedication of the, uh, of the staff, not just to those workers uh, that the residents see, but everyone who is working behind the scenes to ensure that essential services uh, continue. Um, so, do stay up to date with um, the latest information. The Council continues to monitor government guidance daily and issue communication staff, members and the public uh, regularly. Keep up with it on the UDC website. Finally, just to talk about uh, finance, I know that you will have concerns and I hope that all of you have seen Adrian's email this afternoon. It was pretty comprehensive as well as being disturbing in many ways. So just a few words on that. We, we, we're required to submit on a monthly basis now the COVID returns to the uh, Ministry of the Navy. 
MHCLG is setting out, and this is the 2021 forecast on the virus council budget. Uh, service managers talking to colleagues across the region forecast the likely input, the likely impact on our income for the remainder of that year. Each services, but to vary, I'll give you a feel. A 50% reduction we're looking to in car park income, 75% in planning fee income, 15% in the share of council tax and of the UDC share of business rates. Clearly, all of this has a significant impact on the finances. The total forecast lost income for the council in 2021, as set out in the return, is 5.3 million pounds. I'll just pause to let that sink in. We would hope that the government will compensate us for a large amount of that, um, but it's almost certain they will not cover it all. Indeed, last Thursday it was reported that the Secretary of State for local government has told council leaders that um, authorities will have to share the burden of coronavirus-related costs. We do not know what that means at the moment. Um, you may recall that on the 19th of March, government announced 1.6 billion of funding, uh, extra support for local government, which is ring-fenced to managing the pandemic. Our share of this was just over 27,000 pounds. Last week, the government announced a further 1.6 billion, uh, which is not ring-fenced, but no distribution formula has yet been announced. Uh, you, you, you obviously hope that we are lobbying hard at the moment, uh, personally, so for this council, from the district council's network who are um, lobbying hard, and we have a, we have a meeting uh, weekly with, uh, with the chair of the DCN, who is pushing the case very strongly. Um, however, we await our allocation figure and hope for an enlarged figure. Uh, Mr. Chairman, you don't often hear me speaking for quite as long as this. I hope it was useful and appropriate for this exceptional time. Yes, thank you, uh, Leader. Um, is that is the text of your um, report available to download? Because there's an awful lot of material. There. Yes, it, uh, it will come. It will come out with my normal weekly report. Okay, that's good. Um, Councillor Dean, I know you wanted, uh, I had a communication from Councillor Dean earlier that he'd like to add a few words to this. Is that still the case, Councillor Dean? You need to unmute him, please. Is Councillor Dean unmuted? He isn't yet. I'm clicking the button. Um... Could, could I just put in there and say, uh, feeling experienced on running meetings, just uh, once you've got the scent from the chair to speak, press and hold the space bar, as I'm doing now, you will be on. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, thank you also for allowing me to follow on from the leader about this most serious of situations. I welcome the words that the leader has already spoken. I also recognize that our staff have been working in the most unusual and challenging circumstances. I am thankful that COVID-19 has infected few of us, and I hope and pray that none of us, whether frontline workers, managers, elected members, community volunteers, 
all residents of Uttlesford is affected from now on until the end of the crisis. I've been pleased to be able to gather a feel for the new largely virtual council operation through one or two conversations. So I'd like to share some of those thoughts that I've heard. Everyone has been challenged by a situation for all or most of the time working from home. The inability to pass comment and to give or receive support from colleagues is frustrating. The wonders of Zoom and video conferencing are amazing, but being a television personality day in and day out is a bit wearing. There is respect from for colleagues' brilliance, for having adapted well, for keeping much of the day-to-day -day show on the road, whilst also operating the emergency response function. Then there is the army of well over a thousand volunteers, people who, like those who delivered my own medical prescription and, and my fruit and veg last week. We all owe many people a lot of thanks, whether they're working 12 hour days, six days a week on the phone and computer, or are keeping our bins emptied on the right day. Thank you, everyone. And don't forget, please keep walking in the sunshine. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Dean. Excellent. And uh, thank you for that. Uh, I'd like to move now uh, to item five, <clears throat> which is questions to the leader. That's up to 15 minutes from members to the leader. Uh, members of the executive also can be questioned and committee chairs. Can I ask members, please, to limit themselves to questions, not statements? It's a great temptation to uh, make a, a statement uh, and then maybe tack a question on to the very end. And I ask people not to do that if they possibly can. So are there questions uh, to the leader, members of the executive or committee chairman, please? Thank you. Councillor Sell first, please, Chair, if that's possible. Okay, Councillor Sell, please. Can you hear me? Yes. Right. No, we can't hear you. What's gone wrong? Ben, can you unmute Councillor Sell? I can, Chair, but when I, when I try to unmute someone, it's far less responsive than if I do it for myself. So if, if members can please unmute themselves, it's on your, with your consent, then that's far easier. Yeah, please. Yeah. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, please proceed. Yeah, just to say thank you very much to Councillor Lodge for his condolences. Uh, much appreciated. My question is, we are doing a lot, but I wonder if there's some bits more that we can as a council can be doing to engage our residents. I looked at two neighbouring local authorities. Um, Chelmsford are doing a virtual, which is what we're doing, but a question and answer for residents with the cabinet. It doesn't have to be the cabinet, it could be group leaders. South Cams are doing a weekly leaders blog on different topics affecting the virus which I thought was helpful. And we'll, we appreciate the work of officers. But I just wonder, as members, we also could do a bit more. Thank you. Councillor Lodge, do you wish to respond to that? 
Um, I don't, don't particularly. I think that uh, there's a tremendous amount of information at all levels cascading down from central government. I, I have a weekly uh, with the with the minister. The information cascades down from central government, from Essex, from the DCN, from the LGA. Uh, our website is pretty comprehensive. We're doing the uh, the weekly report, so. Um, uh, you can always look at other examples, but uh, my own feeling is that uh, the, uh, uh, the uh, this this council is giving a very good. Thank you very much for that. Uh, are there other questions for the leader, or for others? I can't see all the characters on the screen, so. Uh, Councillor Khan. Uh, Councillor Khan, please. Councillor Khan. Uh, try unmuting yourself first of all. Apparently, it works better that way. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Uh, no, we can't hear you anymore. I hope you've gone again. Just press and hold the space bar if you can. Can you hear me now? Yes, right. keep on holding the space bar down. Okay, okay. Um, thank you very much. It will be brief. Um, firstly, I just wanted to take the opportunity to give my personal thoughts and wishes uh, to people who've been suffering from COVID-19, uh, and uh, I wish them all well uh, as they move forward, uh, not only members in this chamber, but also the, the public of uh, Uttersford. Uh, I understand there have been a number of... Um, yeah. Questions, not, sta uh, not statements, if possible, please. Could the leader of the council just provide some information on when he's going to publish the risk assessment against our investments, given that we are in an essential, a crisis with COVID-19? Um, when will he be able to publish that risk assessment? Um, if it's already published, where is it? Uh, but if it hasn't been published... What, what was... What's the provenance of the risk assessment that you're looking for and what part of the process was it? I'm not quite with you. Well, we've asked for, in a letter from uh, members, we have asked you to provide a risk assessment, given the current crisis of COVID-19, of where our uh, investments are in the current climate and future climates as well. So that's just normal practice about providing a risk assessment. It's something that we wrote to you about, but you, as I understand it to date, you still have not provided a... a... Um, I, I have responded. I uh, wasn't particularly looking. Uh, I, I didn't know that you were asking specifically for a risk assessment. We can reveal that at the next investment board, which I think will be coming up in the, uh, in the very near future. Okay, so that will be a detailed risk assessment against all of our investments, Councillor Lodge. I'm not quite sure what you are referring to. I've got a letter from you to which I have responded. So uh, you'll have to be promised a letter to take that offline, send me that and I will respond offline. This matter can be dealt with offline. Uh, questions have to be dealt with through the chair. Otherwise you just end up with a conversation going on in the corner. So uh, Councillor Lodge, will you please deal with that uh, to Councillor Khan's satisfaction, hopefully. Uh, promptly and offline outside of this meeting. Is that, is that satisfactory, Councillor Khan? Yeah, thank you very much, Chair. Thank you. Any more questions for the leader or anybody else? Uh, I have a Councillor Dean. Yes, thank you. I need to unmute yourself. Do the... Uh... 
I've tried to unmute myself, Chairman, so I'd like to ask a question. Yes, but we've got, I'm trying to get Councillor Dean involved at the moment. He's got a nice He's and He's had one shot already. He's on the screen now. Can you hear me? Yes, that's fine. Yeah, right. This, this is a question that I sent to Councillor Evans earlier in the day, so he has had advance notice. The, the question is, does the administration intend not to seek clarification, firstly, of the inspector's reasons for not considering delivery of the local plan to be sound, and secondly, the reasons behind the garden community's sites promoters not supporting the plan of the examination in public, and thirdly, whether there is any scope for negotiating a more cooperative approach from them, if the administration is in fact resolved to carry on, to carry out none of these actions before deciding to withdraw the local plan and this up to the meeting next week, would the cabinet member for planning and local plan please explain why? Thank you. That is in fact about four questions, which is um, rather rather a lot. Uh, Councillor Lodge, are you willing to deal with that or do you want to take it offline outside of this meeting? This is, I, I is the portfolio holder should respond. Portfolio holder? Uh, thank you. Thank you, Chair, and also thank you to Councillor Dean for being courteous enough to let me have advance notice of that particular question um, late this afternoon. Uh, we will, of course, be debating the whole uh, matter of the uh, emerging, as it is currently, local plan uh, next week at our full uh, dedicated meeting on the 30th of April. Uh, and any uh, further questions which uh, might be put by uh, any member, uh, I'd be delighted to respond to uh, at that meeting. Um, that would give me an opportunity, if notice was given in advance, to take advice also from the officers in relation to those particular questions. Uh, what we do have, of course, is a very uh, comprehensive report uh, from our independent uh, consultants. Uh, that is the basis upon which uh, the recommendation which came out on Monday of this week uh, that's the basis upon which the recommendation has been uh, drafted. Uh, the materials that um, support that recommendation uh, have also been circulated and put out into the public domain. And I, I have uh, been given to understand that various um, parish councils and town councils do propose to um, uh, appear virtually at that meeting next week and pursue questions perhaps covering some of the questions which uh, Councillor Dean has now just put uh, to us. Um, the uh, reasons that the inspectors did not consider uh, our plan, and as I think are really comprehensively set out in their in their. of it. They were not um, uh, violent criticisms, but they were very specific criticisms. And of course, as we all know, that led to us taking independent advice as to the way forward uh, for us. And we had the benefit of 
report, not only the report from our uh, independent consultants, but also appearances um, from, from them in person. Uh, I don't think that um, it's necessary uh, for us to uh, seek further clarification from uh, the inspectors of their, um, uh, of their letter. It's very plain. It has been the subject of guidance to us from the independent uh, consultants. It is for us next week to decide what we do, ab do about it. Uh, but I don't think that it is appropriate or necessary, given the clarity of the uh, uh, criticisms, if I can call it that, uh, which, the, uh, uh, which the inspectors have um, um, uh, put forward on our, on our draft plan. Uh, equally, we don't think that it is appropriate for us to approach the promoters of the garden communities uh, for their uh, input um, upon the criticisms. If we were to do that, it would have, it would have to be undertaken in a transparent way. Uh, it would have to be subject to um, the same degree of consultation, I think, as would be the case um, for any other aspect of local plan examinations. That all has, would have to be undertaken uh, in uh, plain sight. Uh, and it is, of course, that plain sight which now the independent um, consultants are really recommending us uh, to, um, to, to adopt. Um, perhaps I might just comment at that point that uh, I was a little... If you can, please, I was going to run out of time. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'll just finish quickly by saying that uh, there, were only, there were only 22 comments made upon the uh, in, independent inspector's uh, report... Uh, sorry, upon the inspector's report to, to our independent consultants. And I think by next week, if anyone has additional comments to make, um, uh, it would be great, they would be greatly received. Thank you. I have six other people waiting uh, to ask questions. We're not going to get through them all. Uh, but uh, at the top of my list, I have Councillor Hargreaves. Do you actually want to ask a question at this stage, Councillor Hargreaves? Uh, it's not a Brief. question. Just more possible, please, briefly. It is just going back to item four, which is reports from. I just have two things I wish to report. One is to answer a question actually from Councillor De Vries, and it was related to um, in current circumstances, will town and parish councils uh, still get their precepts paid? And the answer to that question is yes. The District Council is just a collecting agent and we pass on the cash that we have collected. So the answer to that question is yes. And the second matter I just want to draw to members' attention is that normal business continues and that I've agreed that we will move the Council onto a green energy tariff for our Council buildings. This has been discussed before, and it will cost roughly about £30,000 a year more than what's referred to as brown tariff. Uh, the contract will be renewed in October. The £30,000 is based on the pre-coronavirus figures. So what exactly the ratio will be when we get to October is difficult to assess, but I'm guessing that energy prices will move in tandem. Uh, so uh, I will stop there. I have other matters coronavirus-related matters, which I'll, I'll bring into the other agenda items later on. Okay, fine. I'm going to ask Councillor Susan Barker, I'm sorry to keep you waiting. Can you proceed with your question, please? Uh, 
Any sign of Councillor Susan Barker? Sorry, uh, nobody unmuted me, Chairman. Apologies. Okay. I don't, I'm not going to go to the local plan and whatever. You'll know what my view is on that. What I want to ask is about, we were sent an email this afternoon saying we've got a 75% reduction in planning applications, planning income, all the rest of that. Are we furloughing our staff? And if we are furloughing our staff, are we topping up their salaries to 100%? And how are we dealing with staff that we are furloughing? I think that's really important message we send out to the public. Okay, that's obviously... That's obviously a question for the Chief Executive, I think. Are you willing to answer that, please? So, thank you, Chair. Uh, we are not furloughing any of our staff members. Um, the furloughing scheme uh, uh, is intended uh, where, you, where businesses have no other options, and clearly the Council has other options uh, for some of its staff in terms of redeployment, uh, and also, uh, obviously, the uh, understanding that we have access to some funding. So we're not following our staff, but uh, we do have some staff who we have uh, who have to self-isolate because of their vulnerable conditions and, of course, are unable to work from home because of the nature of their work. And they will be receiving full pay in accordance with their terms and conditions. Thank, Thank you, you much. I'm going to move on to the next question now. Uh, Councillor Light, you're looking to ask a question, am I right? Can somebody unmute Councillor Light, please? <laughs> <laughs> you can say that any way you want. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Chair. Um, and thank you, Councillor Lodge, for that very comprehensive um, uh, information. And, of course, to the officers for the um, incredible work they're doing. Um, I've got a sort of a, a very uh, sort of two-part question, really. One is the concern about the 5.3 million uh, deficit. Uh, I would we would need to see some details on how the budget will change. So, um, what exactly are those uh, those headings that are, are causing this 5.3 million, and um, how the budget will change uh, according to uh, accommodate this and, and deal with this deficit? Um, and the other question I would like to ask is, um, as Sutton Warden Town Council is looking to do. Uh, is UDC setting up a crisis fund to actually support and help um, vulnerable okay. people? Uh, I heard the question there. Can you answer that fairly briefly, please? Or not? Um, the first part is very easy. Um, if you look at uh, Adrian Webb's email of this afternoon, he gives the major headings uh, in that. How are we going to make up the 5.3 million? We really don't know yet until we get, it's very early days yet and we're waiting for uh, central government to be more specific. There'll be a lot of budget work uh, to be done in the near future. We can't do it at the moment. Are we setting up a particular crisis fund? We haven't uh, done anything uh, at the moment, but you will have heard from what I said of the money that is coming from various sources. Uh, out to business and uh, support of voluntary organisations. So there's a tremendous amount. Okay. Thank you very much, Leader. I'm going to move on now, otherwise we won't make a schedule, as it were. Uh, item six, matters referred from the Executive and the Council's committees. There are none. 
Uh, correct me on that, Ben, if that's not the case, but I believe there's none. Uh, uh, and then item seven, matters received about joint arrangements and external organisations. Again, no matters have been received. So I'm now going to move on to item eight, which arguably one should have done right at the very beginning, uh, which is a report on carrying out remote meetings. We could probably write this ourselves now uh, with a bit of experience, uh, but it's um, uh, prepared uh, by uh, Simon Pugh, I believe, uh, and we need to consider that report and then vote upon it. Um, Simon, do you wish to add anything to it at this point? No, I'm happy to take any questions, but it's really just uh, a paving uh, resolution so that we can get on with having remote meetings, comply with the regulations and tidy up our standing. Only questions to Simon Pugh on this matter? In that case, I'm looking for a proposer. I don't seem to have one. Uh, and it was scheduled that uh, I would uh, propose the, uh, the question, Chairman, if that's... Uh, if you're happy, I think that, uh, again, it's, it's back to the Chinese philosopher. Uh, very unusual times. You've seen that the regulations have been published and uh, you have seen a number of recommendations, primarily that the Council approves the holding of remote meetings and uh, members, I'm sure, will have seen the... Uh, uh, individual items in that recommendation. So I uh, I recommend that very strongly to members, uh, as you rather said, on the basis we're doing it all. Yeah. So you're proposing, I need a seconder, please. Or somebody I'll, please. I'll second. second uh, okay. Who's that? Gary? Neil Reeve, yes. Nick? No, sorry, I can't. You're, you're on a different screen. I'll find you in a moment. Neil Reeve, yeah? And seconded by Neil Reeve. Uh, those in favour, I suggest, just show uh, in I would do it by doing that. Uh, anybody against? That's important. I don't think I see anybody, so that seems to be fairly universal to me, so we can move on. Thank you for that. Uh, item uh, my nine. Apologies. My apologies, Chair. I don't mean to speak over you, um, but Councillor Lees had a hand up as well during that item. Did Councillor Lees want to comment on the recommendation? I put my hand up to second it, but you didn't do a hand up for second, you just took uh, somebody who spoke, but it's fine. We had no shortage of seconders, so oh, thank you, thank you for that, sorry to miss you. Uh, so we can move on, I think, to uh, item nine, which is treasury management practices. Uh, uh, some people get all the best lines, you know, Neil, so, uh, and I invite Councillor Hargreaves to present the report and recommendations on Treasury management practices, principles and schedules. Councillor Hargreaves. Thank you very much, Chair. Um, these principles and practices have uh, been set out in line with the uh, SIPFA Code of Practice on Treasury Management in Public Services, which was last updated in 2017. Um, local authorities are required by law to have regard to the Treasury Management Code. Um, this report and the attached appendix sets out the three key principles and then 13 practices that are all laid out one after another. Uh, in summary, they consist of ensuring effective management of risk and value for money to support the organisational business and the service objectives, and the detailed approach for setting strategies and the formal uh, reporting requirements. 
I'll just give you sort of one example of the things that are within this. Um, if you look at, for example, the um, practice number four, that's the one that specifies uh, about what, um, how we can invest our surplus cash, should we have any. And you may recall from the, when we had the budget uh, meeting, we agreed the treasury management strategy. And I discussed about the matrix of uh, how we can put our money with different categories of um, a deposit taker. Uh, and how those different categories are restricted by how much we can put with each one, how long we can have uh, the money on, maybe overnight or with a week or, or, or a month or a year. And that sort of uh, detail uh, is this thing we want to agree now is the overall strategy of how you set those rules. And it's what's set out by, by SIPMA. Um, it's one of those things that you go to when perhaps you've got an issue of how things should run. You look at this document uh, and it, it tells you what you should be doing. Um, so the recommendation is that the council is requested to approve of the Treasury Management Practices principles and schedules as set out in Appendix A. Excellent. Thank you for that. I do need uh, a second. I should have asked for that. Councillor Coote, I think, are you willing to second? Unmute him somewhere. Press the, press the, press the... Apologies, I can't see Councillor Coote putting up his hand, but Councillor Fairhurst has put up his hand. I would try and... Yeah, I saw Councillor Coote, so I'm happy for Councillor Coote. Okay. We only need one second there. Um, but you have to be quick, as you can see. So it's been proposed and seconded. Um, uh, Mr Pugh, how do you wish us to go about taking this vote? I think... I think the simplest thing is to ask whether there's anybody opposed, and if there's nobody opposed, uh, uh, you, you can take it uh, on the nod, as it were. As a sentence, yeah, okay. Uh, are there any, is there anybody opposed to this uh, uh, adoption, adoption of these principles? Please. I'd just uh, like to ask a question, if I may. Yes. Well, okay. Are you opposed to it, or you want, do you want to speak? I'd like to speak. Okay. Please speak. A couple of things. There are two things that concern me. The first is uh, the question of diversified strategies. Um, and it does spe specifically say that there should be some hedging strategies, particularly with regard to inflation. Um, and as we're living in times that people are comparing to the 1930s, um, and when we had hyperinflation, it's a very real possibility that when we finish with coronavirus, you might in fact have rampant inflation particularly given the super quantitative easing strategies taken on throughout Europe, um, the UK and the US. Do we have a diversified strategy for that? Are we hedging against that? That's the first thing. Um, the second thing is that there was a mention today and, and previously of um, what is termed cash flow challenges from, for the past two months. Um, and if you look at the CIPRO guidance, they, they actually suggest a one million pound um, overnight liquidity, liquidity being one of the three tenets of, of, of good cash management. And so my question to you, the second question is, um, what are we doing about liquidity and the one million pounds overnight available for that liquidity? The third is on, on tier B3s, with the reference strategies, are we reverting back to the old staff? Okay. Councillor Hargreaves, before you answer that, hopefully you can answer it, but if not, perhaps you can deal with it offline as a written response. Councillor Hargreaves? Yes, uh, uh, just on one question on inflation. Um, 
There is no particular sign at the moment of runaway inflation. Um, the um, index has just gone up slight, uh, got slightly. Uh, I'm guessing that with oil prices at an all-time low, it's possibly going to come down. Um, when um, quantitative easing was used en masse in 2008, um, this would be officially the, the modern equivalent of printing lots of cash, um, it didn't result in inflation. Uh, so it's quite possible that we won't have an inflationary situation. Um, on the other questions, there's a lot of detail in there. Perhaps if Council Affairs would like to put that in writing, I'd be very happy to, 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 to deal with it. Uh, obviously, detail like that I need to have beforehand to, to make a comprehensive response. Uh, so perhaps you two can deal with that offline in writing. Uh, it's, it's, we don't have the time to do it tonight in a full meeting here. Uh, so I, that has been proposed and seconded. Um, I need to see, are there any... So are, do, do we have any objections to the adoption of uh, those recommendations? Adoption for it. Those that object, please show. Could I, could I just make, could I I just, just sorry, Councillor Barker, could I just make a point? Uh, Councillor Oliver obviously cannot be seen because he's dialing in via the telephone. So, mm. Councillor Oliver, would you please express your, your audible dissent to, to an item? Um, or perhaps the chair would be willing to, to allow Edward to, uh, Councillor Oliver, to, to come in and uh, give his assent. Well, I only see Councillor Oliver. Actually, I can see him here as a. Sorry, I can see him as a, a, a an image of a telephone, and he's muted. So somebody needs to unmute the telephone of Councillor Oliver for us to speak to him. How are we going to do that? I can hear you. Excellent. Edward, yes, we can hear you. To this resolution. Thank you very much. Excellent. Councillor Oliver has no objection. Anybody else have an objection? Uh, one moment, please. Uh, sorry, there was a hand there from Councillor Fairhurst. Is that an objection? Yes, it did. Okay. Uh, Councillor Barker. Chairman, I, I would just like to say that this is, I think, the second or third argument that you said we'll take this on offline. Now, that would not happen in an ordinary council meeting. Um, I can't think of many discussions that have taken place offline, so I, I'm not objecting to what's in this paper. I'm just saying... Well, the answer to your question is that um, we're not dealing with a normal council situation, a chamber situation, as you're well aware. Uh, and... I don't want to see uh, the, all of the bandwidth soaked up by one or two individuals, which is something which can easily happen in a council chamber. It's even easier for it to happen on a virtual meeting, in my opinion. So uh, rather than have us tied up in knots over technical details, I'd ru much rather have those technical details sorted out between the people qualified for dealing with them. Because otherwise, the rest of us stand around like dummies When I say offline, I mean by an exchange between the individuals concerned. If that's not satisfactory, you can bring it back to council, I guess. Uh, the alternative is to have very long council meetings, which we're required to have them within two hours, unless everybody consents for longer. We've now been running for one hour and ten minutes. 
so that that's the reason. I certainly don't have any particular reason for doing it myself. I'm just trying to uh, produce a smooth process. Uh, am I hearing that we need to go to uh, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, um, Mr. P uh, roll call. Does Councillor Barker want us to go for a roll call on this matter, or is it just the matter of debate that you're worried about? Sorry, you've vanished, you've gone mute. It wasn't a roll call, Chairman. It was just a question of this was the fact that yet another issue would be taken offline. And if it was another issue that was going to be taken offline, the public would not be aware of that offline discussion. Thank you for that. Um, right. So, Chair, if I may, uh, mm. you've had a proposer and you've had a seconder. You've had some debate. I'm not aware that anybody else wants to debate it. We are aware that Councillor Fairhurst is opposed to this particular motion, but you could seek uh, from the remaining members whether there is a general acceptance of it by nodding and sort of smiling. And if not, then we would go to that a... Sounds a very sensible. Can those who are in favour of us accepting this recommendation show their hands like this, please? Uh, that, yes, uh, sorry, hold, hold on for one minute. Don't, don't put your hands down, don't put your hands down. Councillor Lees, thank you. Uh, uh, Councillor Light, obviously not, I guess. Um, uh, Councillor Gregory, hold on for one moment, guys. I'll be there in a moment. I'll have it all. Uh, Councillor Jard, not presumably. Uh, okay. Well, that is a majority, I would say, but what, what is the opinion of uh, Ben? What's your opinion on this? If I could interrupt, please. You've just passed a motion which says that you're going to conduct votes by roll call. And this is quite important because members of the public can't pitch up at the council chamber to see what's yeah. going on, which they would be able to do otherwise. And the reason for the roll call vote is to ensure transparency um, for the people who are listening in. I know it's tedious, but uh, if, if you do a roll call vote, then at least everybody will right. be in the Let's same Go ahead and do that. Who's going to run it? Uh, I, I will run it. Right. Um, I've got a sheet of paper in front of me. And I can go through, I will go through um, names. If when your name is called, you press the space bar and say for, against, or abstain. Fine. Excellent. Thank you very much, Mr. Pugh. Mr. Pugh will now do a roll call for us. Over to you, sir. Right. Well, it's the usual method for, against, abstain. The first name on the list is Councillor Armstrong. I'm for the, for the motion. Councillor Asker. Or. Councillor Bagnall. Or. Councillor Barker. Abstain. Abstain. Councillor Kaysen. Sorry, Councillor Kaysen. Abstain. Councillor Coote. Or. Mm -hmm. Councillor Christiani. Councillor Christiani. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Councillor Day. Oh. Councillor Devries. Oh. Councillor Dean. 
Paul? Usually on this one, I'm abstaining on the basis of the vote not having been, uh, sorry, the, the debate seemingly have been. Uh, well, I'm not sure I follow why you believe the debate's been contained, but Councillor Driscoll. Councillor Eat. Councillor Evans. Councillor Fairhurst. Councillor Fairhurst. Did you just press the space? Sorry? Against. Against. Okay. Councillor Foley. Four. Councillor Freeman. Four. Councillor Gerard. Abstain. Councillor Gregory. Four. Councillor Hargreaves. Four. Councillor Isham. Councillor Isham. Four. Thank you. Councillor Jones. Four. Councillor Khan. Abstain. Councillor Lavelle. Four. Councillor Count. Four. Councillor Lees. Four. Councillor Lemon. Sorry, Councillor Lemon, if you press the space bar, we can hear you. You hold the space bar down. Against. Sorry? Against. Councillor Lodge. Oh. Councillor Loughlin. Abstain. Councillor Luck. Four. Four. Councillor Merrifield. Four. Councillor Oliver. He's on the telephone somewhere. Yeah. Give him a moment to um, unmute. Councillor Oliver, can you hear us? Yeah, no, I can now. Four. Councillor Pavitt. Councillor Pavitt. Four. Thank you. Councillor Pepper. Four. Councillor Reeve. Four. Councillor Self. Stain. Councillor Stora. Four. Councillor Sutton. Four. Councillor Taylor. Councillor Taylor, can't you? Yeah. Oh. Right. Okay. Um, well, that's very clearly carried, um, and uh, we will tot up the numbers and uh, record them in the minutes. Just to be clear, we're not. This isn't a recorded vote. This is a roll call vote. So we're, we're proposing not to clog up the minutes with the lists of who voted for everything 
which which we don't do ordinarily. So if you want a recorded vote where the names appear in the minutes, then you need to ask for a recorded okay. vote. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Pugh. Uh, that's good. Thank you. I'm now going to move on to item 10 on the agenda. Council tax discretionary discounts policy. Uh, Councillor Hargreaves, I'm afraid it's you again. Welcome back. Uh, this uh, item comes in two bits. Uh, it is the uh, discount for uh, people, young people leaving care, and also discounts related to, for council tax related to empty properties. Uh, the Local Government Finance Act gives billing authorities the discretionary power to reduce the amount of council tax a person is liable to pay. Uh, this power is applied in cases of exceptional hardship. And the report asks that members further extend uh, the use of these powers to include these, these two items. The care lever policy is something which is an Essex-wide initiative and it's to support young adults who have left care. Um, it provides a full reduction in their council tax uh, liability, uh, subject to the criteria which was set out in Appendix A. Um, as the County Council committed to funding 72% um, of any of the costs incurred, uh, Lottlesford actually has a very low level of care leavers in the authority. I'm told as low as, as one or two, which I think is surprising and probably remarkably good that we don't have that many young people who are in care and then come out into the world and suddenly currently go from everything looked after to you've got to pay for everything. Um, the, if you look at the details of the care leavers policy, um, it has, it, it's obviously been worked out quite carefully. And for example, it has things where if as a care leaver, you are going back to a house where, where somebody is the sole taxpayer and therefore gets a single person's discount, uh, one of the, the reliefs is that you're going back into that household will not increase the person's council tax because they lose their single, um, uh, single residence um, discount. So it's that sort of helpful thing that's, that um, is there so as there's no disincentive to taking somebody into your house who, who's uh, just left um, uh, care. So that's the, the, the first item. Uh, the second one is a recommendation that there's a waiver for charging empty, the empty properties premium. If you look at the policies on Appendix B, we're not changing the core policies. And you should be aware that that's we have the ability to charge double council tax on empty properties. And this particular policy looks to me like it's, it's come from uh, the empty homes team, seeing that there are good reasons why we should not be imposing that extra charge, where owners have made a genuine effort or making a genuine effort uh, to get the houses back into use, but for reasons beyond their control, cannot do so where it will be unreasonable. So this is a, a sort of a policy which will allow the officers in the circumstances that they consider to be reasonable to allow people not to have this, this extra charge made if they're, if they're making the effort. Um, so the, the criteria for it is set out in Appendix C. 
and on, based on current details held, there are about 10 dwellings where this may apply and the average cost per property to the council will be about £1,921 per eligible property. So not a big cost to the council, but I think a reasonable thing to do. So the recommendation is the council is requested to approve the following policies are set out in this report and associated appendices. A, that a council tax discretionary discount for Essex care leavers as set out in Appendix A is applied and B, that the empty property premium waiver as set out in Appendix C is applied. Thank you very much, yeah. Councillor Hargreaves. Uh, I will have a debate, but uh, I need a seconder as well. Is anybody willing to second that motion, please? Do it all rush at once. Uh, I have Councillor uh, Laval. Thank you, Councillor Laval. Uh, the matter is now open for debate. Please proceed. Who wishes to speak? Councillor Bond, member of discussions. Uh, I can't quite see Councillor Bark on this yet. Uh, Councillor Bark, do you wish to speak? Yeah, yes, okay. Thank you, Chairman. Yeah. Thank you, Chairman. Um, I just need to declare an interest. You've in the darkness there, Councillor Barker. You just... You've gone in the dark. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, Chairman, I just need to declare an interest in Essex County Council because this has been, uh, particularly around the care leave, as a County Council initiative to try to help young people who started off in a disadvantaged situation to perhaps help them get a little step on the ladder. So, thank you for that. Uh, do you wish to speak as well in addition to that? Presumably not. Does anybody else wish to speak to this subject? Councillor Light. Councillor. Councillor Light. Councillor Light, please. Thank you, Chair. Um, thank you, Councillor Hargreaves. Uh, I fully support the uh, carers' uh, um, proposal, but I, I do have a question. Some houses, particularly those that are listed, can take uh, and quite a number, maybe a year or two years, to take longer to source materials and actually bring them back and, and refurbish them, bring them back into um, into the condition they should be in. Um, I can't see here that that would be an exemption. Would you sort of highlight if there is such an exemption where it is? Councillor Hargreaves, can you answer that? Having a bit of difficulty hearing, I um. I... I assume, I think, was that the question about the, um, the, empty, the empty properties and whether beyond two years is, is, is reasonable? I think looking at the... For listed buildings. Yes, for listed buildings. Uh, at the moment, uh, you are subject to the premium if you have had your building empty and unfurnished for longer than two years. And this exemption allows you, if you, for example, with the listed building is one of the examples where you may have problems just getting the permission in the first place. Uh, it allows you to, to go beyond the two years and it is at effectively at officer's discretion. I have actually an example of that in 
I can basically see it down the road from where I am. The house, uh, the oldest house in Newport that was burnt down in an arson attack uh, two and a bit years ago. That has only just come back, I think, into occupation. Um, they had to do an amazing amount of work with uh, English heritage, listed building people, uh, to get the thing sorted out, and they have reconstructed it as best they can. But it did take a long time, but they were making serious effort. So that will be an instance where this would apply and is, I think, uh, justified that we don't penalise people who are doing their best. Thank you. Anybody else wish to speak to this? I just wish to come back on that. Um, thank you for that. Um, that's exactly what I'm asking, but I can't actually see it uh, on the table here with the, the changes. Or is this just uh, at discretion? It's on Appendix C. Let's have a look. It's Appendix C, qualifying criteria, listed buildings. It's the last but one dot point. Listed building, but the property has been empty for two, two years or more, and the owner needs to carry out major repairs to bring the property back into occupation. And the property is a listed building. In this scenario, the decision to grant a waiver will take into account the major repairs required and what is considered a reasonable time to complete the repairs. Thank you. I was looking at the table in the main... <laughs> It, it, it is that, does it answer your question, Councillor? Yes, White? thank you. Thank okay. you. It's a statement of the, of the existing policy, I think, and that's not that's not altering. It's the waivers which we're looking at here, which is basically officer. Uh, uh, in office does anybody else wish to? Uh, um, he's waving his hand there. Who is this? Sorry. Who is waving their hand? I think it was Councillor Eek. Councillor. Yes, that's fine. Yep, I've got Derek on here. Councillor Eek, please. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm on my iPad, so uh, space files and things don't work. Um, it's the, it's a, another question about uh, properties empty um, up to 100% discount. Notice that there are a lot of new build developer properties, particularly around Saffron Warden, can't, can't uh, speak for elsewhere, that appear to be empty and have been empty for some time. Are they subject to a charge and are we suggesting that they should not uh, be paying that charge? Yes, they are certainly subject to the rules. And uh, the rules say that if, for example, you are appearing to charge too much rent or want too high a price and you are being unreasonable, uh, then you are subject um, to the... Uh, to the charges. So what we're looking at here is only exemptions for people who are clearly being reasonable. Uh, if you're the property uh, developer, property owner, and you're you're asking too high a price, then you end up paying. Very good. Thank you for that. Now, I Sorry. don't have any more... I don't have Sorry, any more... Chairman, could I come back on that? Because I'm, I'm speaking of the council tax for empty properties not for rental. Um, you st obviously, you still pay council tax on a rental property. So the rules, it doesn't matter whether you're renting or selling. That, that makes sense? Derek, your microphone's muted. Unmute your microphone, please, Councillor Eek. I have. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm specifically 
referring to developer properties that presumably have not been sold. Uh, the rules as in Appendix B, which the current rules would apply. Let's have a look. Um, so looking to it at the moment. Um, properties empty, brackets unoccupied and unfurnished for six months and up to two years, you pay the full council tax after six months. Uh, after two years, you then pay twice the full council tax. So yes, developers will start paying after six months. Um, can I ask a question at this point? I mean, actually, is this not something that's imposed upon us? It's not subject to negotiation by us, or no, is it? It's not part of, of, what's, of what we're altering. That, those existing rules, yeah. we're just giving officers the ability where they feel somebody's being reasonable uh, to not impose the extra council tax where, they, where they've done their best. So if those are the rules, we don't have any input to them. They are the rules. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Does that help, Councillor Eek? <laughs> okay, fine. Um, I don't appear to have any more people waiting to speak. So uh, it's been proposed and seconded. I'd like to move to a vote. In which case, um, uh, Mr. Pugh, can you organise one of your votes? Well, well I can organise the vote, but it's only going to be necessary if, if really, if there's some opposition to the proposal. So first of all, I suggest, Chad, do you ascertain that there is somebody here who is going to vote or would like to vote again. A very sound principle. So is there anybody that's opposed to this, please? Please show, I suggest, like that. Two screens here, bear with me. Anybody opposed? I don't see anybody. Do you see anybody? Uh, just, to say, just to say, Chair, Councillor Oliver obviously cannot wave to the screen. I've unmuted you, Councillor Oliver. Are you happy to... Proceed. I'm happy, I'm happy not, not to oppose it. Happy not to oppose. We can interpret that whichever way you want. Okay. I think we could take that as carried. Is that satisfactory, Mr. Uh, that's Hugh? fine. It's been proposed and seconded. There's no indication of dissent, and therefore you can treat it as carried. Thank you very much. That's good. So... In that case, item 11, please. I'm afraid, Councillor Hargreaves, it's you yet again. This is financial regulations and contract procedure rules. Are you happy to take us through that? You're on mute, Councillor Hargreaves. Press the button. Councillor Hargreaves, are you able to come back to us, please? The Financial Regulations Appendix A and the Contract Procedure Rules Appendix B, uh, they form part of the Council's Constitution and its Standing Orders, and they support the regulatory framework for managing the Council's financial affairs and the procurement of works, goods and services. Uh, so these don't documents have been drawn up to ensure the financial matters of the council are conducted properly and are in line with the requirements of legislation. Um, my belief is these documents are pretty much identical to the previous ones, previous years, and it's how, how things are, are run. 
um, it's when things get difficult, that's when you start going to having a look at, at these rules. And just to inform, um, one of the, the items in here, it specifies how you do um, tendering for, for, for work. And it's the different levels at which you have to have the three quotes and the different levels at which you have then go to the, the European uh, tender requirements. And just to inform, I have given um, uh, the uh, finance officer a, a waiver if um, items are, are required urgently for uh, coronavirus matters where it is not feasible, not possible to get, uh, say, three, uh, three tenders for a job. Uh, where that needs to be done, uh, there is now an exemption that office, the officer may actually uh, have a contract without going through the full rigour of these rules. Uh, to my knowledge, that has not actually been called upon, but just to know that it is there, it is in there in the armoury, uh, should, should we need it. Um, it also, for example, sets out things like, um, there's a mention earlier on that our council's revenue is being cut on car parking and um, council tax and, and other, and, um, lack of fees coming in on planning applications. And this documentation also deals with things like environments, which is where we need to, may need to reallocate a budget uh, reserve from one, one activity to another. Normally you can't do that. Uh, this document sets out where we can do that. And it very specifically says, if circumstances have drastically changed since you set your budget, you are allowed to do environment. Uh, so there's a whole lot of detail in here, huge amount of stuff. Uh, it is how things are, are run uh, for contracts and procurements, financial regulations. And the recommendation is the council is requested to approve the financial regulations and contract procedure rules as set out in the attached appendices. I rest my case. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Councillor Hargreaves. Uh, before we debate, I need, is, can I have a seconder for that motion, please? Uh, I've got uh, Councillor LeCount. Thank you very much. Opposing seconded. Who wishes to speak to this? Councillor Keith. Uh, I have oh. Councillor Light. Oh, yep. Yes, Councillor Light. So if you use your blue hand thing, I can see them immediately. Councillor Light, please proceed and hold the, hold the space bar down as well on your... Uh, if you have one. I do. Um, thank you for that, Chair. I just have um, a, uh, a couple of questions that um, it doesn't actually jump out at me, although it may well be there. Uh, the first thing is uh, where value for money is used as a criterion, and um, also in how uh, companies and how Procurement principles to be set by this council. Could you just point me to where those are, please? Thank you. Let's have a look. It's probably in the contract here. For environmental. Um, Sorry, Councillor Hargreaves, your audio line doesn't seem to be terribly good. It's. Uh... Sorry, I'm looking. I'm looking around for another screen where I've got the documents up here. Um, 
more procurement, bribery and corruption procurement requirements, market research advertising. Um, I would say there's probably nothing in here about environmental matters. Uh, it is about value for money. Um, it is something we should put in. Um, whether if you're looking at a contract, you would have decided your environmental matters before you even start thinking about a contract, whether it needs to be in here, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, I think this is once you've decided you want to do something, how do you go about it, rather than specifying whether you wish to make that decision in the first place. Um, so, for example, in deciding to go for the um, uh, electricity contract, um, which is going to, to green energy, you don't look at your contract rules to decide that. You decide that, and then when you want to sort out where your energy provider is going to be, who you're going to, then you look at these. It's possibly not the right place to have an environmental consideration. Uh, Sarah, what was your previous question? Councillor Light, just come back on. Yes, thank you. The first was, um, there, there were three points there. One was value for money. It doesn't actually jump out at me. It's, uh, you know, that it's very clear. Um, and the environmental and ethical principles, I do think they need to be uh, right uh, up front and be governing the uh, council in its decision making towards yep. the contract too. So I think if it is actually stated rather um, explicitly rather than implicitly, it would be it would make the clarification and ease of, of contracts all round. Mm. Value for money, environment and, and ethics. I think this whole thing is about value for money. Uh, the fact that you have to get um, Anything, any contract up to £50,000, you have to get three written quotations. Um, below that, you have to get two. two okay. um, right, I'm going to move on. Uh, uh, Councillor Caton, you wish to speak to this, please. Councillor Caton, hold your space bar down. Okay, I just say that I quite agree with Councillor Light that we should be looking at environmental and ethical um, considerations when we're making any purchase. I think, um, Councillor Hargreaves, that it might be that environmental and ethical considerations are taken into account when you do the scoring of the, of the, the bids rather than at this stage. But uh, I would like to, to know how we actually go around about scoring any contracts uh, on the you know on on the ethical and environmental grounds so it's just a request that you uh, look into it and see if we do actually take any consideration about sustainability when we make purchases are decisions. you able to respond to that uh, now or do you want to respond uh, later. I think I'd best to respond later on that. I, I do take the point that I don't see anything in here which is specifically about environmental matters. Uh, I see. I think it would be advisable to put something in here. Um, my recommendation would be that we we approve what is there because we need to get on with matters. 
uh, and perhaps we come back to this. And um, I would appreciate if, if uh, uh, the two councils might, might, might want to suggest a paragraph to go in here. Uh, we can perhaps adopt that at a later, a later, uh, later stage. All I would say is that there are some good, there is some good practice out there which the council can look at. I wish to the other point, point that I wanted to make, Mr. Chairman, was uh, it, with, with these kind of lengthy documents, it might be worthwhile in future actually highlighting the changes mm -hmm. rather than just going through the whole. I agree. Uh, I think it's, uh, in a way, it'd be nice to see these things in a draft form before they actually come before a committee. It's not the sort of thing to deal with in a debate. You need to actually have uh, more information up front. Uh, I just, may I move? could just come back up. These were, I think, all of these documents were intended to go to the Governance Audit Performance Committee in March. Mm. Uh, I think this is one of them. Uh, they were supposed to have been debated there and then brought to this to, to full council. Because that March meeting didn't place didn't take place, they've come straight here. Mm. So we have missed out a, a bit of procedure here, uh, where perhaps have gap said we'd like, like something different. We could then have uh, fitted that right. in. There's a bit of a queue developing. I have now. quite a queue here. Uh, we can either go and slog through this one at a time, or we can. Uh, Move on to the next topic. I, I actually have Councillor Evans wishes to speak. Is it brief, Councillor Evans? Yes, it is very brief, and it's just a legal question, really. Um, in in some instances, I would imagine that there would be justification for not going out to tender. Uh, I have in mind uh, some of the specialist um, advisors from whom we're taking advice. Uh, I have in mind, in particular, some of the solicitors from whom we are taking advice, I guess that there would be an exemption from obtaining tender quotes uh, in some respects. Uh, I'm not looking for an answer now, uh, but I'd ra raise it as a, as a query. And the second one is, I guess, again, uh, that we have no current disputes against us where we are defendants to claims under pre-existing contracts. And perhaps uh, those two points could just be the matter of uh, report at some point in... I, I have to say, thank you. I have to say that actually, I think this is the sort of thing that needs to be cleaned up and filtered before it becomes before full council. And I, I accept that it should have gone to the government's audit and performance committee, but it didn't. And so it's come to us in, a, in an unfinished form, perhaps. Okay. Uh, and Councillor Maryfield, you've been very patient waiting. Do you wish to no, contribute to this? this particular one, but I was going to ask... Uh, should we could we have a five minute break at this point? I'm very keen to have a five minute break. Is everybody okay with that? You can do a thumbs up. That's a quite a good one. Okay, there's a general consensus. Five minute break back here for just after twenty past, please. Thank you. Please hold. Your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Show of hands as to whether we should proceed or, or draw a line at 9.30. Uh, can those that are okay with us proceeding, please go. Just hold your hands up there, please, for the moment, because we need to look at more than one screen. That looks pretty unanimous to me. Uh, those that dissent from this, please show. It's on that screen. 
<laughs> I don't see any on the other screen. So, okay, we can run on. So, item, once again, I'm on to item 11 now. Help me with this. We've done 11, have we? We have. Okay, item 12. Uh, yeah, business rates, reliefs, and grants. I think Councillor Merrifield was just starting. Apologies, Chair. I think, um, yeah, Councillor Merrifield, when she intervened, um, with the, you were still debating the item. So, item 11, we still require a resolution. Okay, sorry about that. Thank you for the reminder. That's all right, Chair. So, for item 11, you've had a proposer and you've had a seconder, and you were in the middle of debating, and uh, you have Councillor Asker, Driscoll, and Coote who have yep. their blue hands up. I assume for this item. Okay, thank you very much for that. Councillor Asker, where are you? Thank <laughs> you, I'm here. I'm here. Um, once upon a time, as a supplier of contracts to local authority uh, and to help with a uh, little bit of information with regard to environmental um, issues on supplying services to local authorities, I can tell you from experience, Councillor Light and others that are concerned, that the amount of paperwork that is issued to any contractor that's vying for services to supply to local authority is intensive. Um, it's very lengthy and it's often um, relating to green issues, environmental issues, what your standards and policies are. So I think that maybe what you're seeking is information that will be supplied ordinarily. And I would su uh, suggest that um, uh, all of the officers involved in, in purchasing contracts would be taking all of this information into Thank you. Uh, I have Councillor Driscoll wishes to speak, please. Hold the space bar down whilst you're doing it, if you will. Space bar doesn't always work for me, but um, basically as the Vice Chair of GAP, I would like to say we didn't have the meeting on the 24th, but the documents were emailed round to everybody with the request that if anybody has any comments, please make them. There were actually no comments, and that is why this has come forward to you. Okay, thank you very much for that. Uh, and I have uh, Councillor Coote. Yes, I would like to just say uh, through you, Chair, that uh, I agree with Councillor Light on her uh, uh, sort of broad sort of move, really, to make sure that we're always very much a Green Council. However, uh, I think we should be aware that obviously our officers and all of us here have the policies that are in place and we wouldn't be giving contracts to anybody who weren't obeying those uh, policies. So it seems a bit to me that uh, Councillor Hargroves or whoever would be wasting their time in putting more effort and work in because they just wouldn't get the contracts if they hadn't got the policies that we agreed with on anything, environment or whatever. So I think that we are covered. Thank you. Uh, Councillor Bagnall. Yeah, it's just a procedural thing. Uh, in the recommendation, it states full council 3rd of December. Does that matter? <laughs> well spotted. Uh, Mr. Pugh, no, does it matter? So we, we can minute the decision and uh, just note the uh, 
a slight error. I think this was intended to come to an earlier meeting. That's why the date's in there. Uh, just a, 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 a <laughs> just the typo. Right. So it's been proposed and seconded. Does anybody else wish to contribute to this uh, item? If not, we'll move to. Uh, again, Mr. Pugh, I'm still getting the hang of this, but uh, uh, basically, if there's general assent, we don't need uh, a roll call. Is that well, right? That, that's right. Um, if if, if um, somebody wants to vote against, then we'll take a vote. Otherwise, you can uh, take general acceptance as approval. Does anybody wish to vote against this? Can you please show by doing that and give me enough time to have a look at the screens? Uh, sorry, I didn't hear that. I will just the light abstain. Abstain. That's one abstention. Uh, anybody against? So I think we can, Mr. Pugh, take that as uh, agreed. Uh, I, I think the sensible thing there is to just, and we can admit it, that Councillor Light wish to abstain and uh, avoid the need for another roll call vote. Okay. Are we happy with that, councillors? If so, I shall move on. Uh, can you remind me, where are we now? What's the next item on this? So the next item, Chair, is item 12, Business Rates, Reliefs and Grants. Right. Uh, uh, and this is, does not require a vote. It is that on the uh, 30th of March, uh, the Director of Corporate and Financial Services made an urgent decision relating to changes in the Business Rates, Relief and Grants in response to the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. Uh, decision notice and report that informed the decision have been brought to council for information. Are there any comments on this, colleagues? Obviously, the it was a very thorough job. Um, no vote is needed on this. If there's no comments, I'll move on to item 13, which is the hardship fund. Has that received general assent? Okay. I shall move on then to item 13. Again, I'm sorry, Neil, Councillor Hargreaves, it's, uh, it's down to you. Yeah, that's uh, one of mine for the evening. Um, so a hardship grant. Um, so the government's allocated uh, emergency funding for local authorities to provide additional financial support uh, to residents who are vulnerable or on a low income through the exceptional hardship fund. Uh, the full policy is set out in Appendix 1, and the additional policy provision for COVID-19 is set out in Annex A. Uh, so again, as with the uh, earlier uh, reports, the Council is requested to administer this using their discretionary powers. And the Council has received £325,304 criterion for this is to provide all recipients of the um, LCTS, uh, the Council Tax Support Grant, of uh, either £150 or to reduce their liability to their tax liability to nil, uh, whichever is the lower. So anyone who's on LCTS, uh, when they've gone through all the other grant things that they can get, we can then cut, will cut, their council tax to nil. Uh, the reason for the capping at £150 is that if you happen to live in a very large house and you're paying a great deal of council tax, 
you don't get the full thing discounted. You just get the £150. Broadly, £150 is going to cover uh, everybody. Uh, the council currently has a caseload of 1,429 people. Um, and based on the current information, that will use about £206,000 out of the £325,000. Uh, we're getting more uh, LCTS applications in April alone. Uh, that's expected to reach 300. And that's about three times the number of applications uh, that we got on a monthly basis uh, in the previous year. So the remaining grants can support um, around about 800 new claimants if they all qualify for the full 150. There is obviously a risk that uh, if we get more applications, it will exceed the grants available, but it's got quite a long way to go. Uh, and the um, Exceptional Hardship Fund also allows us just to give, um, in whatever way we want to, uh, funds for residents suffering extreme hardship. Um, the government guidance, for example, says that we might want to donate local welfare schemes. I'm thinking of sort of thing like the, uh, about the food banks. So, um, the Exceptional Hardship Fund policy, which is in Appendix 1, using their discretionary powers under Section 13A, brackets 1, brackets C, of the Local Government Finance Act 1992, to, to provide working age local council tax recipients with an award of £150 or the total of their council tax liability, whichever is lower, and to provide council tax relief via the Exceptional Hardship Fund to residents suffering extreme hardship. There we are. That's it. Thank you very much. Uh, I will need a, that's a motion. It'll need a seconder. Can I have a seconder for that? Uh, Councillor Lees, there we are. Excellent. You've got one. Well done. Um, it's now open to debate. So does anybody wish to speak? I've got various hands. I've got Councillor Lees. Do you wish to speak now as a seconder? No. You've got a hand up. I've got a blue hand on your on the list of names. Uh, do you, okay, anyway. okay, fine. Councillor Sal. Thank you, Chairman. Just regarding the reference to the food bank, I know I have had a request from others from the food bank for financial support. So if there's anything we can do to support the food banks in the district, I think we should do. Yes, I think we're in general agreement with that. I think that's uh, not likely to be a matter of dispute. Um, uh, uh, Councillor Khan, really policy. Happy to endorse it. And just to give a word of uh, vote of thanks to local citizens advice who will be instrumental in helping people come out of debt. So really, really pleased to see that they are uh, mentioned in this document. Excellent, thank you, thank you. Uh, does anybody else wish to speak to this item? In which case we can um, move to a vote. Uh, once again, the system is, uh, I think, Councillor, sorry, uh, Mr Pugh, uh, please correct me on this if I, if I haven't quite got the hang of it, but is anybody opposed to this um, uh, going forward? If so, please show. Uh, I need to check a couple of screens here. Uh, I don't see any hands opposed. Uh, any abstentions? 
Okay, let me check. Councillor Oliver, please, uh, Chair. Sorry? Can we check with Councillor Oliver, please? Yes. <laughs> Indeed, well done, thank you. Councillor Oliver. Uh, um, no, no, I'm perfectly happy to support this. Well done, thank you. So in that case, uh, Mr Pugh, I think we can take that as assented, is that correct? Yes, Chair, you can. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you, colleagues. I think we're slowly getting the hang of this. Uh, so I'm going to move on to the GAP report now. And Councillor Oliver, uh, you've been very patient. This is this is yours. So can I invite you as the chair of the GAP committee to present its annual report, please? Yes, you've got a copy of our report in front of you. This would have gone to the meeting on the 24th of March, which unfortunately had cancelled because of there is COVID issue. Um, th this report was included in the papers. It was then um, people circulated to all members and asked for any comments. There were no comments. So I give it to you as a full report. I would like to draw attention though to item 10 where the relating to the external audit where it shows that this is for the 10th the time now we've had a clean audit report and also to item 12 and I would like to congratulate the finance staff who have managed for the second year to have an error rate so low that the council actually received money back and they had an error rate of something like 99 they were right to 99% yeah. I so I give you the report and we'll take any questions. Excellent. Thank you very much. I certainly support your comments about the the staff at Uttersford. They they do miraculous work in all sorts of areas. So uh, well done them. Councillor Dean, you wish to speak? Yes, thank you, Chairman. Not about the content of the report. It's about the the way in which it's, it's been presented. It may well be because of present circumstances, but it's normal for the these reports and for scrutiny to come in the name of the chair of the committee and in neither case has that been so this year it's in the name of an officer so I just wonder why that happened mm. particularly if it had been through the committee and and supported by the, the committee. Councillor Oliver do you have a response to that? Yes, I do. It, it was part of the papers relating we should have gone to the meeting on the 24th of March because unfortunately that meeting was cancelled. Therefore, then the, the paper was circulated to all members and asked for their, their comments. So it, it's not coming fresh. It's, it, this is the members of the GAP committee have seen this and uh, had no comments. Yeah. Okay. It should have been in your name, Edward. <laughs> right. I'm sorry, it's not on my name. Perhaps I should be. Yes. You've lost an opportunity for immortality, I'm afraid, but there we go. <laughs> just, just the way it happens. Oh. It happens to us all sometimes. Uh, uh, so, are we. Uh, it's, um, there's no vote needed, so. Uh, and I have. Actually, Councillor Lodge, you wish to make a comment, perhaps? A very quick comparative point. This seems to be in the case with all the papers that they've come in the name 
of the officer rather than the chair. So I wonder whether this was some stylistic change for this evening. Uh, perhaps the chief executive can comment. Uh, oh, um, the, uh, I think it is simply that uh, in, our, um, in our current position, what would have happened is this uh, report would have gone to the GAP committee and then in it coming on to the council, uh, having been approved by GAP, it would have been in the chair's name. Uh, and I think it was just an oversight in getting the papers uh, bear in mind uh, in particular what uh, uh, Mr. Orty is doing as part of the pandemic response as part of the council's command team. I think it was just an oversight. So I apologise to members for that. Okay. Well, we can't get it all right all of the time. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, if you're agreeable, councillors, are I'll move on uh, to the scrutiny annual report. Ah, it's, uh, yes, Councillor Gregory, excellent. Um, uh, no, Councillor Gregory, I are you there? Indeed. Oh, excellent. Where, where are you? I can't find you. <laughs> uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Oh, there you are. Excellent. Well done. Uh, can you please present the annual report uh, of the scrutiny committee? Thank you. Uh, with the greatest of pleasure, Chair, um, I note it's 9.42 and it's been quite a hard work meeting because of circumstance, so I shall keep this as brief as possible without skipping too much detail. Um, the first thing to say is to thank profoundly both Mr Orty and Mr Bokel for their enormous hard work in my thanks to Council Accountants Vice-Chair and to the conveners of the Task and Finish Groups who were Councillor Evans followed by Councillor Crisioni, Councillor Caton and Councillor Account. Um, they and the members of their Task and Finish Groups have worked enormously hard and had to cope with some quite difficult circumstances with disruption both due to the current circumstances and due to the SNAP general election. Uh, the substantive matters that the committee has considered, other than procedural issues, have been around planning obligations, which is still ongoing but is hoped to report soon, uh, particularly in relation to the Council's treatment of Section 106 agreements, towards major planning applications, which was delayed by the uh, Stansted Airport uh, decision remaining live for longer than anticipated, but which is now making great progress with assistance from the Planning Advisory Service and on fly parking, uh, particularly in relation to the airport. And I or the um, leaders of the task and finish groups would I'm sure be very happy to uh, answer more detailed questions if there are any. We adopted a slightly different approach this year to financial scrutiny in that we considered uh, in the round three separate strands of the Council's activity. The commercial strategy, where marginal revenue will come from, the corporate plan, what we intend to spend it on, and the medium-term financial strategy, how the numbers all fit together. Uh, that was a very successful exercise and gave us a much better and more holistic view of the viability of the, count, of the proposals of the executive. Of course, it preceded the most recent events, which have rather knocked us off course. There was some concern expressed that we didn't formally consider the budget. Um, I apologise to the committee members for that, and we will formally consider it next year. 
The slight reason behind that was that the budget came out late because the government settlement figures came out late. I've really nothing more to add, and I don't wish to delay members more than necessary, but as I said, I'm very happy to answer questions. Excellent. Thank you very much. Are there any questions on this matter? On this topic? Uh, and, sorry, I have to hack between screens here. Uh, and no. no questions? Sorry, I have a blue, uh, Councillor Cusioni. Uh, hold your space bar down, please. Councillor Cusioni? Uh, yes, can you all hear me? We can. Good evening, all. Um, I mean, the, the only thing I have to add uh, is a thank you to the chair and vice chair members of the committee. Um, I think it's been a very rewarding journey so far. Um, the corporate plan was obviously uh, an element of work that we scrutinised with great detail to date. The corporate plan delivery plan is of, of equal, if not uh, more significant measure. So moving forward, I'd hope that, that the scrutiny committee will see that in good time. Uh, I absolutely understand the pressure that we're under at the moment. There was assurances that we'd see it at full council soon, and that's by no means a dig, but it absolutely would be good for us to uh, to have a look at that in, in, sort of in good time, as I say. Thank, thank you very much. Um, now, uh, Mr. Ferguson, Chief Executive, do we have any more business? I've reached the end of my list, but maybe you've snuck something in there. So there is uh, there is no urgent business to be considered, and uh, item uh, item seventeen has been withdrawn from the agenda. So in that case, councillors, well done, everybody. Thank you very much for your forbearance and your support. Thank you very much for the excellent support as ever. And uh, I think I haven't got a gavel, but I think I can declare this meeting closed. Thank you, everyone. Well, well done. Well done, Chairman. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to... Thank you. Can I just say congratulations? Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.